0: chapter 4 and then Mark chapter number 10 and I want to tell you church thank you so much I have enjoyed great crowd for tonight thank you for being in your place just thank you for allowing us to come I, uh, I was looking at the list of, of men that uh, Brother Zavodsky posted sometime there before the conference uh, years back from when the first one all the way to the present and just some great men and I noticed he never has the same one twice I thought rats So there goes that, but um, just absolutely just some great men, and I feel honored to have been a part of that list, so thank you so much. And honestly, what I'm looking forward to is when the pastor hopefully calls or texts and says, hey, here's where we're at in our giving. Here's where we're at for worldwide missions, and I pray that the Lord bless you in a mighty way, and I believe He will, and thank you so much, whatever the offering was, for Kenya um that check is not made to me uh it will be made to operation go it does not go into my account it goes into operation go account where we have an executive board my my pastor's on that board and oversees that and we've got a business manager that handles all that so if you wonder how do we know that that's going to be done right i promise you it will be done right amen and and i think that's important accountability is important and so Uh, I appreciate whatever you give, and then whatever to our family, I promise you that will be used. I have hungry kids, amen? amen. And uh, so I do thank you for whatever the love offering for our family is, and then those that in any way have showed any kind of special uh, just care, love for us, thank you. Uh, We do not take that lightly. We never take it for granted, and we're not... Definitely not worthy of it, but it means a whole lot to us. I'm Thank you for allowing my children to come this weekend and and be a part and uh, be with me and my wife. And I'm sorry my wife is not able to make it here for today. She's been here every other service, but uh, you pray for her physically. She's just struggling, and pray the Lord help her and my mom too this evening. And then I just want to commend... Uh, just both of the assistant pastors there, Brother Alex and Brother Brenton, just great men. I, I really appreciate love watching their kids, their young families and and uh, Sister Heidi and Sister Kayla have their hands full, but that's that's a blessing, amen. and And I just really appreciate watching their love for their pastor, for you, and and uh, so just thank you, Church, for the privilege to come. We've had great fellowship with Brother uh, Pastor Zavadsky, and I do. Really mean that I, I just count him as a friend. He's just anytime he posts something, I read it because I think this is going to be good. There'll be people that love it, and then there's going to be people that that say something. And then I like to read what they got to say, amen. <laughs> and then I love how he's always very gracious, but also very firm, amen. And I just just love it. So thank you. Don't not going to be long tonight. Just as simple as I was praying all week. God, how do you end up? Your giving's pretty much done. Your Promise cards for the most parts in the globe. Preacher, are you going to preach on missions tonight? Well, in a roundabout way. But I just want to encourage you after what you've done. Uh, I, I found this some time ago just to show you what God can do. Uh, Moses and the people were in the desert. Now you think about that. God took them out of Egypt and He puts them in the middle of nowhere. They had to be fed. And it's estimated, Pastor, that there was two to three million people that was having to be took care of—men, women, boys, girls. I read a report uh, from a thing on this from the Quartermaster General of the Army. I say, well, why'd you read it from the Army? That's what my dad was. That's the only branch there is. Amen. <clears throat> and I know I'm opening up a can of worms there, but um, you, I take that up with my my dad in heaven. He was convinced that was it, and. And I'm teasing. I thank God for all branches of the military. But my dad was Army. And according to the quartermaster general in the Army, it's reported that Moses would have had to have had 1,500 tons of food each day. Do you know how much food that is? To bring that much food each day would require two freight trains, each of them at least a mile long. Besides, if you remember, they were in the desert, so they would have had to have firewood just to cook. That would take 4,000 tons of wood and a few more freight trains each a mile long just for one day. And they were there 40 years in transit. And, oh, they had to have water. If, and if all they had was enough water to drink and wash off once in a while, it would have took 11 million gallons each day. And it would have took a freight train with tank cars 1,800 miles long just to bring water every day. And then they had to get across the Red Sea at night. You ever thought about that? If they went on a narrow path, double file, the line would be 800 miles long. And would require 35 days and nights to get through it. So there had to be a space in the Red Sea when God opened that Red Sea that was at least... Three miles wide so they could walk 5,000 abreast to get over in one night. And then you have another problem. Each time they camped, a campground two-thirds the size of the state of Rhode Island would have been required. 750 square miles long. Think of that. That much space for camping. Do you think Moses figured all of that out when he left Egypt? I don't think so. I just simply think he believed in God. God took care of those things for him. Now, do you think God has any problem taking care of this church and your commitments and what God's asked you to do for the next year, amen? I just want to encourage you, You, God can take care of his people, amen? Amen. The Bible said in Zechariah chapter number four and verse number 10, and I normally don't just do what I call springboard preaching, but I'm just going to. Use this verse as a springboard, and then we're going to jump into John, give you a quick thought, and be done. In verse number 10 of Zechariah, chapter number 4, that's in the Old Testament. Find Matthew, take a left, just a couple books, and you'll be right there. And in verse 10, he he asks this question, for who hath despised the day of small things? You know, sometimes, church, if we're honest, Sometimes we get the idea in our minds and hearts, whether it's ourselves or the devil or just whatever, that, you know, is my little bit really going to make a difference? Is what I'm doing really, Brother Brian? I mean, come on, really, is it really matter that much to God? Well, Some time ago I was studying and the Lord just showed me something and, and, and I just want to share it with you and hopefully it'll, it'll just be a blessing, but... Notice in John, you you know the story, you know all these. In Mark chapter number 10, I told you to kind of find your place there. And I told you to find your place, but I didn't remark my place. But here we are. Mark chapter number 10, let me start reading in verse number 35. And I want you to listen to what the Lord says. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, what would ye that I should do for you? See, I learned to be very spiritual from the Lord when my kids come and say, Dad, I'm going to ask you a question, just say yes. See, I follow my Lord's example, kids, when I say, You tell me what you want me to, to do first, and then we'll talk about whether I'm saying yes. They come to him and say, Hey, we just want you to do what we're going to ask you to do, Lord. The Lord says, No, no, no. You tell me what it is you're desiring me to do in verse 37 they said unto him grant unto us that we may sit one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand and thy glory but Jesus said unto them, you know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And they said unto him, we can. And Jesus said unto them, you shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of and with the baptism that I'm baptized with all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. Now, to be honest with you, I'm going to stop reading there. I think the only reason they're displeased, pastors, is because they did not thought to ask first. Because other places in the Bible, they're all arguing about who's the greatest, who's more important, who's better. And I just want to say, for outline's sake, notice I see uh, the ambition of John. John is one of the 12. And by uh, reading the story of John, we know that he's what we call one of the inner circle. Uh, one of the inner three—Peter, James, and John—is constantly uh, being pulled aside to be a part of extra, to see a little bit more. And that we've referred to them over the years, preachers and commentaries, as kind of the, the 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 three inner circle or the extra three of of Christ. It's not that he loved any of them any more than the others, but for whatever reason, these men were allowed to be. A part of some things, others were not. The Mount of Transfiguration, the uh, healing of certain people, and other things that occur. And and John wants to do great things for God. Can I say to you and I tonight, the, the ambition ought to be there for all of us that, hey, we want to be and do everything we can for God, do we not? I don't think that's wrong. By the way, Jesus never rebukes him for asking for that. He just says, it's not mine to give. And he asked them, can you do this? Can you do that? And they said, yeah, we can. They had no clue what they were saying. But Jesus said, indeed, you shall be. And I'm just saying tonight that that all of us ought to come into serving God with the idea, I want to do as much as I can. I want to be as much as I can, not for my glory, but just to, to, to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know the motive behind James and John somewhere if you put all the four Gospels together, the Bible also says mama is involved in this. And, and in one place it says mom comes to them. So I'm wondering how much mom is pushing these guys. Hey, it ain't going to be them. But you get up there. Someone's going to be said. I almost could see your mom, Brother Zavatsky, up there saying he needs to be up there. Just what a precious lady. Hey, Amen. I've enjoyed I got so tickled he's up here. She, they're starting service and... And she's shaking hands, and she's, I'm still going to shake hands. I thought, what great, only the pastor's mom can get away with that, amen. <laughs> amen. I've surely enjoyed getting to be with you this week, sister. God bless you. And, and just such a sweet lady, but I can almost picture, how I could see my mom. Now, my mom is, uh, would, would be there too, but she would be more like, now, Jesus, you know, you know, of, of all these guys, you know my son needs to be there. I don't know how it comes about, but you can read later all the gospels show that their mother's involved in that. I don't know who started it, them or mom, or if mom pushed them or if they pushed mom, but, but, but they're ambitious and there's nothing wrong with aiming high. I had an old college professor, uh, just an old mountain man, and he made this statement, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly bear, Amen. And what he's saying is, is if you're going to be something, then be the best, be the greatest, be, be everything you can be. If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly bear. If you're going to do something for God, then aim high. If you're going to give to missions, then aim to be the best missions giver you can be. If you're going to be the preacher, aim to be the best preacher. We ought to aim for something. But not every church is going to run Thousands. Not every preacher is going to preach all over the country. Not not every name is going to be known. Not everybody is going to be able to sing like a canary. Not everyone will be able to play an instrument beautifully. Not everybody will be able to do maybe what others do. And, And if we're not careful, we'll get upset or we'll feel like my little contribution. Does it really matter? John had high ambition and I think we ought to all have nothing worse to me than seeing someone that basically is kind of meh. No, but not only his ambition, but I want you to notice his area of service. Go to John chapter nineteen, the last gospel—Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go to John chapter nineteen, and you know these verses, but I want you to—I want you to see it. And in John nineteen, we're going to see. What the Lord assigns, what the task, what the mission, what the responsibility for the next quite a few years of John the Apostle is going to be. John 19, Jesus, as you well know, is a chapter where he gets taken to the cross. And in verse 25, the Bible said, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Now I want you to think about this. Mary is a Mother, and in that day, the women were cared for, they were looked after. When a, more than likely, because of this statement, most people uh, assume, and I believe it's a right assumption, that she's widowed and Joseph has passed on, and, and so she's now getting up in years, and, and it's someone's turn to look out for her. Jesus knows that he is going to die, and, and he knows that his brothers and sisters, those of his siblings at this point, are not believers. And so he looks at John at the cross, understand this same John. They said, Lord, I want to sit on the throne. Lord, I want to be by you. I want to be in a great position. I want to do something for God. I want to make a difference. I want my name to be in the highlights. Boy, I really want to do something, God. And the Lord says, John, I got a job for you. Mama, here's your son. John, there's your mama. Don't think, Pastor, that's what John had in mind. I I don't believe that that is the accolades and the acclaim and the ambition that John was looking for. Did you imagine being there that day? What? Take care. Why don't Peter do it? He's the one backslid out there on the boat naked and doing all kinds of dumb stuff and denying him. I'm right here at the foot of the cross. What? Peter gets the keys to the kingdom? (laughs) I mean, think about it. Can you imagine John as he takes takes Mary home and there's responsibility? And I won't go into the the customs, and pretty much it meant that he was tied to her as long as she was alive. She's now his responsibility. Jesus goes back to heaven. Peter's, can you imagine, John, day of Pentecost? Peter preaches. 3,000 get saved? Can, Can you... Can you imagine as John's watching all this, and, and 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 I don't want to be loud where the Bible's silent, but I do think that, that we just, just I, I feel like that it would be very common and normal. I can't prove it. It's just an opinion that, that John probably stood back and looked at some of this and thought, Lord, you know, is this punishment? Did I do something wrong? Look, I'm sorry, me and Mom and James approached you, but James is head of the church of Jerusalem. He's over the council. Peter, that backslid naked heathen of a friend, He's, he's got the keys to the kingdom and even his shadow is causing people to be saved and, and he's doing great work in silver and gold. Have I numbers such as I have in the name of Jesus rise and he's raising people up from sickness and doing all kinds of things and I'm uh, looking out for Mary. And then Paul, the new guy, the rookie, He's healing people. He's raising the dead. He's preaching all over. He's stirring up ministry. His name is being in the limelight all through the country. And John, can you imagine how the uh, reunions must have went that first year, Pastor? A couple years. John rolls into town, sees Peter. Hey! John, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Hey, Peter. What have you been into, Peter? Oh, you ain't gonna believe it, man. I preached, you know that three thousand. But then I preached not long after that, and five thousand got saved. And then I went over here, and and then you ain't gonna believe. It. Have you heard the story about Cornelius? Have you heard what what I was on the rooftop? Can you just imagine? And Peter's excited. He's not trying to rub it in. He's just saying what God's done. And then Peter says, "Hey, John, you were one of the Lord's inner three, man. You were right there with us. You were you were one of the close ones. What have you been into?" Well, Peter. <laughs> Uh, Mary needed to go to the market today, so that, that's why we're here. And, and um, <clears throat> um, she got sick last week, so I had to stay pretty close there. And I almost feel like that John, maybe, I don't know, maybe he, he may have served everything with joy. But my point is from Mark, the Gospel of Mark 10, Lord, let me sit on your right hand or on your left. no, here's your job, John. Take care of mom. I don't think that to anyone else it seemed important. I don't think to anyone else it seemed like a big deal. We don't know a lot about what John did for quite a few years and hang with me, but I'm simply saying that many times, God, I want to do something. I want to be something. I want to go somewhere. I want to make a difference. Not for pride, but I really, God, I just want to set the woods on fire. Sometimes we feel like we get a small task. We get a small thing. Talking to a pastor, young preacher, and he's got fire, and he's a good young man. And he said, "Brother Brian, I just want to, man, I really want to do something for God." And I'm, but I know I'm in God's will, and I got this small little flock, and just a few people, and we're barely struggling. And I said, "Hey, you understand something? You're pleasing God and serving God there just as great, and you will be rewarded just as great as a guy that may be running ten thousand somewhere else." Just, just don't get caught up because you're small, and and you may not be known, and your church may be tiny, and and don't get into. All that and may I say child of God for you and I that, that maybe your dollar amount doesn't match someone else's maybe what you're doing don't seem like a lot maybe sometimes you wonder is Lumbus Park Baptist Church really making a difference in the grand scheme of things sometimes it just feels like we want to do more but we're just kind of doing a little I think that's kind of how John must have felt Peter man he's setting the woods on fire James, he's the head of the church. He's directing all the council and the apostles and debates between the Gentiles and the Jews. Paul, the new guy, he's going all over, doing mission work, grabbing Barnabas, and then just on and on and on we could go. John, eh. taking care of mom. You may feel like tonight, preacher, what I dropped in that bucket, may, I know I couldn't do a whole lot. Our brother just said it little as much when God is in it. Zacharias said it despise not the day of small things. What I'm trying to show you is I believe there's something here for us to get a hold of. John wanted to do something great. John wanted to be something great. John wanted to make a difference. John had ambition but his area of service seems just like a tiny, small, insignificant job. Notice lastly, not only... Do you, do you think it paid off? Do you think it wound up being acceptable? Look over with me if you would in Revelation chapter number one. And in Revelation chapter one, I see just a couple things that stands out to me. We don't know a whole lot historically about what John did. There's conjecture and there's... There's things that people may say, but what we do know is that John stayed faithful. And what we do know is that an older man, he is persecuted. Somewhere along the way, Mary passes up on. Mary dies, and, and he starts fulfilling more duties with the church. And he gets persecuted. He actually gets boiled and all. And then he gets dropped on an island for criminals and, and those that are wrong and castaways. And, and he's, la- he's laid up on that island of Patmos. Boy, something that's always blessed me. As he said in verse 10 of chapter 1, I was in the Spirit (laughs) on the Lord's day. John! You got stuck with a small job, John. You've got bored with all. Peter's made a name for himself. Paul's made a name for himself. James has made a name for himself. Others have made names for themselves. Peter, John's sitting here, and it just seems like he's gone from bad to worse. Do you know what never changed with John? His attitude. Whether I'm sitting on the right hand or left of the throne, or whether I'm on an island dealing with the, the, the effects of being dropped in a boiling oil cauldron or whether I'm being persecuted or whether I've had just an insignificant part to play in the life of Christ by taking care of his mom. He said, I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm going to be in the spirit. No one's there. there. He, could, he could have just sat there and done nothing, but he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. And this book is called The Revelation. And God says, John, <laughs> come up hither. And I'm going to show you some things that's going to be hereafter. And John writes, in my opinion, one of the greatest books in the Bible. Now, they're all great. All 66 are wonderful, inspired, and of God, please understand what I'm saying. But it's the only book I can find, Pastor, that there is a promise in chapter 1, verse number 3 attached to it that said, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. God said there's a blessing for just reading the book of Revelation. I don't find that on any other book. God says, John, here's what I'm going to let you do. I'm going to let you see some things and experience some things and be a part of some things no other human beings ever going to get to be a part of. Do you realize John saw us around the throne? Don't ask me to explain all that. But we're the church, are we not? And he is in future around the throne. He sees the judgment seat of Christ. He sees who the Antichrist is. He sees who the prophets are. We can have conjecture and personally I believe it's uh, Moses and, and Elijah but I wouldn't argue if you think it's Enoch or one of the others. There's good arguments for that but John knows who they are. John has seen the new city, Jerusalem, coming down. John has seen the Lamb of God which took away the sin of the world. John's seen him. John's seen the little book. John's seen the end of time. John seen Armageddon. John seen who the Antichrist is and what the mark of the beast is. And and John sees the end of the world. And John sees the streets of gold. And John gets to be a part of the holiness of God and the presence of God. I promise you if you'd have tapped John on the shoulder somewhere in the the middle of this revelation and said, hey John, do you regret just being faithful back over there? Do you regret taking care of the Lord's mom? Do you regret not being the one with your name in the limelight? Do you regret feeling like you got the smallest job? I believe John would have said a thousand times over, oh no. I believe God rewarded John and honored John and said, hey John you may feel like you got a raw deal but because of your faithfulness in the small things and just doing what I told you to do come up hither. And I just say, as I've said all week, you can't outgive God. You can't be faithful and God not reward it. And God takes John. Who would not have liked to have been in John's shoes? He seen things and wrote things that's most hotly debated subjects of our day. We don't know what He saw and meant. We can conjecture, we can guess, but John knows. I don't know. That if we pulled John and said, hey, John, if you could rewind and go all the way back to that day of the cross. Would you do it all over again? Leave John say it was worth it. No, I, I didn't get my shadow healing people and I didn't get my name the way Peter did and Paul did and James did. And I didn't have the ministry they did, but he's got a book called Revelation. And God lets John be a part and see what no other human has ever got to be a part and see, his whole plan. I think that's a pretty good reward for just being faithful. So I'm done. Maybe tonight, I told you I wasn't going to be long. Maybe tonight you feel like, well, Lord, it's just a little bit. God, I, I take care, I teach a few Sunday school kids. God, I, I drive a bus and help out a few people. There's churches with bigger bus ministries and, 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 and you know, and I can't give what so-and can I just tell you this: do not despise the day of small things. And little is much when God is in it. Just be faithful and understand if you'll be faithful. God will bless your life in ways and give you unique blessings that only you will ever get to experience. Father, I love you.